Hi everyone, my name is Claire Abraham and I want to welcome you to my podcast called Claire's Corner. So on this podcast, I read books and I discuss my thoughts about them. A little fun fact about me is that my favorite genre is historical fiction and it's been my favorite since probably elementary school. So today, we are going to be discussing Homegoing, a novel by Ya Jassy. So before we dive into what Homegoing is about, let's talk a little bit about the author. Ya Jassy is a Ghanaian-American, born in Ghana and raised in Alabama. She is currently only 30 years old, and Homegoing was her first novel. It was published in 2016 when she was only 26. If you don't already know what Homegoing is about, the story begins in 18th century Ghana with two half-sisters who live in different villages and are unaware of each other's existence. One sister, Afia, marries a British soldier and lives in the Cape Coast castle. The other sister, Essie, was captured in a tribal war that happened in her village and was sold into slavery. Ironically, before actually being sold and shipped to America, Essie was held in the dungeons underneath the Cape Coast castle while her sister was living upstairs. The rest of the novel parallels the descendants of Afia and Essie, and we see how they compare and contrast. As predicted, Afia's descendants are never enslaved or forcibly removed from Ghana and brought to America. So all of her descendants, until the last two generations who immigrated to Alabama, remain in Ghana. Contrastly, we see Essie's descendants enslaved in the American South before the Civil War, free in Maryland, in the convict lease system in Alabama, and then free again in Harlem. Each chapter of the novel changes perspective and alternates between each side of the family per generation. So we're constantly going back and forth between Afia's lineage and Essie's, but they're clearly paralleled when moving through time. And just to understand the time frame of the novel, we begin in 18th century Ghana and we end in the late 20th century in America. So just some historical background, the British arrived in Ghana in 18th century, but officially imperialized around 1850 and Ghana achieved independence from Great Britain in 1956-57, depending on sources. Homegoing clearly brings up the topic of slavery, which overlaps with racism, war, and colonialism. Throughout the novel, Jossie wants her readers to consider how slavery affects one's connection to their family and culture. And she answers this question through beautiful symbolism of a black stone. In the beginning of the novel, Essie and Afia's mother, Mom, or Mem, gives each daughter a black stone to carry with them. We see Afia being able to pass on her stone to her future generations, while Essie, unfortunately, loses the stone before being sold into slavery. Consequently, none of Essie's descendants have access to the stone. Thus, the stone represents connection to family and culture. The lack of access that Essie's descendants have to her stone symbolizes their loss of family connection and culture, as families were forcibly removed from their native countries and often separated in slavery. Essie's grandson Kojo, or Joe for short, is able to escape to the north to be free when he was a baby. He marries a free woman named Anna, and they have many kids. Unfortunately, in this time in America, the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 was passed. Thus, many southern white landowners were able to claim African Americans in the north as their own, even if they were never and were free. So just when we thought that some of Essie's descendants were going to be free, the cycle of slavery starts again. Anna, a free-born African-American woman living in Maryland, was captured into slavery while pregnant, and her son H was born into slavery and had to endure the convict lease system even when slavery was abolished. 
It just shows the heartbreaking reality of oppression black people continued to face even when they were technically free under the law. One of the most devastating moments of the novel is when Joe realized his wife Anna and unborn baby H were kidnapped into slavery even though they were free. The narrator says, They'd heard about the dogs, the kidnappings, the trials. They'd heard it all, but hadn't they earned their freedom? The days of running through forests and living under floorboards, wasn't that the price they had paid? Joe didn't want to accept what he was already starting to know in his heart. Anna and Baby H were gone. And that's on page 126. Going back to the question of how slavery affects one's connection to their family and culture, this just shows slavery breaks up families. Another question Yah Jessie kind of poses to her readers is how one is indirectly influenced by slavery and contributes to the oppression hypocritically. So it's very interesting because in Ghana, many of the tribes such as Asante, which is the tribe Essie came from, and Fonte, where Afia came from, battled with each other and those who were captured were actually sold into slavery. So it's hypocritical if you think about it because they're all from the same country, but they're capturing each other and causing the other's oppression. And the Ghanaians recognized this. Many of Afia's descendants were directly involved with the slave trade. On page 93, Afia's son Quay explains the power struggle in Ghana, saying, there's more at stake here than just slavery, my brother. It's a question of who will own the land, the people, the power. And within each Ghanaian village, there were various forms of slavery, such as servantry, and we see this on Afia's side of the family. It just shows racism and slavery affects the lives of everyone involved, and not just those directly forced into the institution of systemic oppression, because it's more complicated than that. A lot of people question how slavery continues to affect Africans and African Americans today, but it does. There's a loss of culture and family connection, and this is the reason why many African Americans don't know the majority of their family tree. Even though Afia's descendants had connection to their Ghanaian culture because they were never sold into slavery, there was still so much both sides of the family didn't know about their ancestors. Even the sides of the family didn't know about each other. They didn't know that half of the family remained in Ghana and half of the family were captured into slavery in America. The loss of culture and family connection due to slavery results in trauma. And we see this on Afia's side of the family, even though they were never captured into slavery. One of the most iconic characters in the novel named Akua saw visions of fire and a firewoman in her dreams. And this firewoman represented her ancestor, mom, or mem, the mother of Afia and Essie. So this fire represents the curse of slavery and their family's indirect and direct involvement. This trauma actually became so intense that she ended up burning down her hut and killing her two daughters, only leaving her son and her husband to live. On page 276, when the narrator is talking about Akua, nicknamed Old Lady, the narrator says, Old Lady said that bodies died, spirits wandered, they found Asamando or they didn't. They stayed with their descendants to guide them through life, to comfort them, and sometimes to scare them into waking from their fog of unloving, unliving. So we just see that the curse of slavery follows the descendants of families that were affected by slavery, even if they weren't slaves themselves. So this loss of culture and family connection at the end of the book we see restored 
quote-unquote, because you can never take back the past, with the last descendant, Marcus, from Essie's side of the family, receiving the black stone from Marjorie, the last descendant of Aphia. Moreover, it's not just about the trauma associated with slavery, it's also about the economic implications that come with it. People of color are more likely to live in poverty, and we see this with Willie and Carson. Willie is the daughter of H, and she moves north from Alabama to Harlem with her son Carson, also known as Sonny, and they live in poverty. But going back to the idea of loss of family connection, this concept is actually brought up in Yad Jassi's interview with Trevor Noah on The Daily Show, where she says that the pain of not being able to track back to see who African Americans are is the African American experience. This loss is palpable, she describes, and distinguishes this group of people. And I think this message is very well relayed in this book because of the structure of the novel. It's different than other books about race and slavery. It's honestly very brilliant and very, very moving. It allows us to see life before slavery in Africa, during, and the effects. Because each chapter is a new descendant or generation, this allows us to see how lineage is affected and how the descendants paralleled over time. Take the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, for example. It is an excellent moving piece of writing that shows a slave's experience in slavery and how he escaped. But it really only shows his experience and his life after slavery. It doesn't show the full picture. And by full picture, I mean who came before him to lead him to be in the place that he was and who are the people who came after him. And that's what I think Homegoing does such a brilliant job of doing, showing the full picture, because also in her interview with Trevor Noah on The Daily Show, Jossie says that we shouldn't have to travel to Ghana and visit the castle, Cape Coast Castle, in order to have this history. If you want to paint a full picture of the slave trade, you have to include the African side of it. Additionally, it's very important to recognize that slavery is not a thing of the past. It's not history. So much of what we see in the world today is informed by the past. Black people still face the effects. Segregation is still very much relevant, even in New York City public schools. Black people disproportionately face the effects of climate change and poverty. Black people face racism of the criminal justice system. The Black Lives Matter movement is extremely prevalent. It's not history. This is why this book is important. It gives you a full overview of the history of slavery. It is easier to see the cause and effect relationships because of the structure of the novel through looking at one family. Personally, I was very moved by Homegoing because of the structure of the novel. I really thought it was meaningful how we heard multiple perspectives from the Gold Coast to the plantations of Mississippi to the American Civil War and to Harlem. I just also want to add that Jossie's inclusion of a family tree before the story begins was incredibly helpful for the understanding of the relationships between characters, and I just thought that was an amazing addition. Also, Cape Coast Castle is a real place, and when she visited, it's what inspired Jossie to write this entire novel, which is absolutely mind-blowing. I would 100% recommend this book to anyone, and I think it's especially important that white people read it, as a white young woman, I feel like I learned a lot from this novel and I came out with a new understanding of slavery and the whole history of it. 
Obviously, we learn about slavery in our history classes, but I don't think enough people understand how prevalent the history of it is in today's society. At its heart, Homegoing is a story about family, sisters, a family that came back together through generations. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Claire's Corner. I hope to see you next time.